Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the co-founder of Nude Sticks, Taylor Frankel. What were you doing when you were 17? It's not a trick question. I only ask because when Taylor Frankel was 17, the year was 2014 and she was launching nude sticks with her then 14-year-old sister Ali and mother Jenny, a now multi-million dollar beauty brand boasting Hilary Duff and Chelsea Handler amongst its celebrity investors. Taylor tells me that given just how heavily saturated the cosmetics industry is, consumers are craving minimalism and simplicity. It's a position she and her sister found themselves in as teenagers, scrolling through hour-long smoky eye and full coverage foundation tutorials with neither the time nor the inclination to recreate any of those looks themselves. Their mother, Jenny, a chemical engineer who co-founded CoverFX and developed cosmetics for MAC, recognised Taylor and Ali's disillusion with the beauty industry. And so the three of them worked together to conceptualise and launch Nude Sticks, a brand of multitasking, cruelty-free products designed to be literally drawn onto the face and smudged in and formulated to enhance rather than cover. Nude Sticks was picked up by cosmetics giant Sephora within a few months of its launch, forcing Taylor, Ali and Jenny out of their basement and into their first office. Six years on and a brand that came to be around a kitchen table is now stocked across Australia, the US, Canada, Europe and Asia. Taylor's role within the company sees her travelling from region to region to educate retailers on Nude Sticks innovations. What she tells me has been the most inspiring part of the Nude Sticks story thus far, aside from working with her sister and her mother, has been learning that regardless of where in the world they live, women all want the same thing, to feel good. This episode was, of course, recorded remotely, so if you would prefer to read the interview, I have made the complete transcript available on glowjournal.com. In this episode, Taylor and I discuss Nude Stick's truly impressive sustainability program and why it's so important to the brand, what it was like to be a teenager sitting at the helm of a global business and the challenges of remaining true to such a specific brand ethos and DNA. Plus, we get exclusive insight into the brand's new product SKU, set to launch on October 10. Your mother is a chemical engineer she has developed products for Mac. She co-founded CoverFX prior to launching Nude Sticks. So I have a sneaking suspicion that she might factor into your answer for this one. But what is your very earliest memory of beauty? My very earliest memory of beauty. Um, I would say probably at the age of 11 or 12 years old. Um, I remember my mom who had a previous company, CoverFX, And this was in Toronto, Canada. And I remember um, she in our basement um, had like a little lab. She also obviously had their warehouse. And this maybe is what also instilled a little bit of entrepreneurship in me because every single day that we had off as, you know, a a province or as a city, I had no day off. Like it wasn't you could go like all my friends were hanging out with each other. Maybe they were like playing games, whatever they're doing. I was like, okay, you're going to come work and you're going to come to the warehouse and you're going to pack boxes and you're going to like, it was kind of, it was kind of like child labor, but like not yeah, really. a little bit. Uh, right. Uh, but it was, um, that was probably my ear- earliest memory. And then I remember the second memory was probably, it was kind of like the first time I tried to, I got into makeup, which was at the age of like 12 years old. And um, I had my bat mitzvah. And um, I remember I wanted to wear all this makeup because usually like, it's kind of like this coming of age thing. Now you're a woman, you're wearing makeup, whatever. And then I remember my mom was like, no, no, no. Like we're not putting a lot of makeup on me. We're just gonna put a little bit of mascara. So even at a very early age, my mom always instilled that natural look um, because she just didn't want us to cover up with so much makeup, just being so young and obviously having like such a fresh face. Um, so that's probably two of my earliest memories. Isn't it wild that that's what signifies a coming of age? Like I can wear makeup now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a woman. Right. And I think 
it's kind of something that you look up to, like whenever you're, when you're super young and you look at, you know, older women or girls who are wearing makeup, they do give that air of maturity. So you feel like, oh, like that's kind of like the rite of passage, like to a womanhood. It's, you know, you're putting on makeup or you watch movies and you see someone getting ready in the morning and she's putting on a red lipstick or if she's putting on eyeshadow and she's getting ready to go for dinner or out with friends or on a date. And you're like, oh, like that's like, that's what I want to do. Like it's very aspirational in a way. And it's like, okay, I'm ready to adult now. <laughs> and what did you think that you might be when you grew up? Uh, honestly, at the age of like 11, 12, I think at the time I thought I was going to be a professional tennis player. Um, that was like my, my, my stretch goal. Um, obviously, you know, not very, um, didn't, didn't happen, but I would say I always loved, um, I was always very creative as a kid. I loved art. Um, but I never really had any specific, um, I would, say, I would say career goals. I was very, um, you know, kind of what, like wanted to follow where life would take me. I remember my sister at the age of like 12 years old, she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a doctor. She wanted to go into dermatology. Like she had a very specific, you know, timeline where I was like, oh, like, you know, we're gonna see where life takes me. I'm creative. I like this, I like that. Like, you know, we'll see. So I never really had anything specific. I feel like that's weird. I feel like everyone, like, especially our generation, we're like, we know exactly what we want to do, what time, you know, what our life is essentially going to look like. Um, but, yeah. but I think that's just a pressure thing. I feel like it's kind of the case with everything because you just go online and it looks as though everything just happens instantly. So you feel like, okay, I have to have a goal that can also happen in a similar time frame. We do it to ourselves. Yeah, no, for sure. We do it to ourselves. That's interesting that your sister had an interest in dermatology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's always had quite a bit of skin concerns growing up um, from acne to eczema to, um, you know, just dealing with like other issues with allergies and, and, you know, skin products. And so she always had, you know, a um, a certain love for just treating skin. And that was kind of what inspired her to want to get into dermatology. Um And yeah, so she's always loved that. And it's funny because that was even pre nude sticks and it kind of goes hand in hand. And even with something I'm going to even give you a little sneak preview to it, it even just makes even more, more sense. So yeah. Oh, how's that for a teaser? Usually when I'm talking to founders, I ask them what they sort of went on to study and their like career trajectory prior to launch. But you were 17 when you launched nude sticks and your sister, Ali, your co-founder was 14. Like it doesn't even sound real coming out of my mouth. What was your relationship with beauty and more specifically makeup like in high school, aside from, you know, your mum coaxing you out of a full face at your bar mitzvah? Yeah. Um, So I would say at the age of 17, I was in my last year of high school. Um, I remember during that time and my mom, um, you know, after her previous, after exiting her previous company, um, she had this two year non-compete. She had this two-year e pray love moment where she just decided to be a full-time mom. She had no intention of starting another beauty brand, um, especially with her two teenage daughters. Um, but what ended up happening through connecting with us and through, you know, um, talking at the dinner table and speaking about beauty, because my sister and I, we essentially grew in the industry watching my mom, you know, launch these beautiful brands and work with Mac from Cover Effects. And we always had this just intuition, natural intuition. And obviously in the year 2014, 2013, that's also when Instagram and influencers and YouTube started to become very popular, specifically with beauty. And we would always look and we would see what was out there. And we said, wait a second, like, who's wearing all this makeup? We, we wouldn't necessarily watch your one hour beauty tutorials. Um, we were kind of those girls who just opted for less and more makeup. We wanted to draw on smudge. We wanted shades of neutral for all skin tones. We just felt like, you know, everything out there, every single brand out there was preaching, you need more, you need more color and you need more artistry and you need more product. You need more application. We're like, why does it have to be so much? Like who, like what woman today? And it doesn't matter if you're like a student or you're, you know, a modern day woman who has a career or you're a mom who actually has that time to spend majority of people don't. And so that was kind of how my mom, my sister and I developed nude sticks and where the inspiration came from. Um, It was not necessarily because we had all of this, you know, 
experience, I guess our experience was just life experience, you know, what we felt was missing. And then obviously my mom being an engineer and working, you know, with a variety of beauty companies was able to bring that to life. Um, but we all kind of felt the same thing. And it's interesting because we all really speak to different generations. My sister being more so that digital generation, I'm more so that millennial. And then you have my mom who's more so, more so your Gen X. So um, we were able to really relate to so many different women um, out there. And um, we also just felt that it didn't matter like what beauty products and a brand had or what they had to offer, if they weren't speaking to their customer in an authentic or relatable way, the customer wasn't seeing anything. They didn't see anything they have to offer. It doesn't matter how beautiful their products are. So that's why we wanted to create mood sticks. <laughs> it's so interesting hearing you talk about that time because really you were completely ahead of the curve because if that's 2013, 14, when I think about myself as a consumer, I only sort of started doing the you know, really embracing this more natural look in inverted commas, probably in the last couple of years, 2013, 14, it was still all about the heavy contour and the matte lip and, you know, full on lashes. So I think that's incredible that you guys tapped into what has become really the look now. And it's interesting that you say that because when we first launched in 2014 um, and even 2015, 2016, like we were really disruptive mm. and there's, also pros and cons of being disruptive the pros there's very little pros but the pros are that you know you 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 can foresee trends and you are standing out within a crowd of so many beauty brands that are speaking about the same message um, and you're also creating a really beautiful community of people who strongly believe in your message and the the cons are that you know you're kind of one step ahead of the the industry and one step ahead of the consumer. And when that happens, you know, it's very hard to infiltrate, you know, yeah. a very saturated market. And so, you know, we had to preach our message and tell our stories so many times. And, you know, um, even at retail level, like even with retailers, I remember we pitched to, you know, beautiful retailers and we said, okay, you know, our concept is all about less is more minimalism, neutral tones, you know, quick drawn smudge and, you know, use your fingers. And they're like, okay, well, that's not going to sell product. Um, and we're like, no, 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 trust me. Like if you want to even create a no makeup, makeup, sometimes that takes some even more expertise and sometimes even more products or the same amount of products as if you were to create like this full glam look, like you still need, um, you know, your brows, your mascara, your blush, your bronzer, your, you know, highlight your foundation, but it's the tones that you use the way that you wear it. And you know, the, the beautiful texture and formula of the products. Um, so it was definitely difficult at first, but you know, we, now that it's obviously kind of like the new, I would say the trend over the past few years, um, the con of that is that now we need to find new ways to be disruptive because everyone's in our bubble. Now mm -hmm. everyone's speaking to the same thing. How do we keep, you know, our brand messaging and ethos, um, and, and yet still, you know, and still be disruptive. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of navigate and it's a funny thing I imagine like going into a retailer and explain just physically the phrase less is more because they're like okay well we actually want to sell more products uh yeah. that's how you make money but uh thank you for completely going against <laughs> the how retail works that's lovely to hear thank you very much <laughs> pretty much and it was a lot of education like a lot mm. of education a lot of like my mom, my sister and I remember like the first year of launch, like we would just travel to like all of our markets. Like we would just hit the ground running and we would just speak to people and like show them and demonstrate for them. And this is at the age, my sister was 14, I was 70, my mom, you know, and, and, and we were just like, okay, like this is how you use knit sticks. And this is how you, you know, you draw, you smudge you, and everyone, once they saw the products and once they started to use it and everyone's like, well, wait a second, like, this is so easy. Like, why doesn't everyone do this? And one of the things we always say at Nude Sticks is like sometimes the most simplest things are often forgotten. And that even goes with the whole minimalist trend now. Like I think people are just, there's so much clutter. There's so much clutter mm. out there. There's so many things. I think people are just craving, you know, minimalism and craving simplicity. And a lot of the time also when it comes to beauty, unless you're, you know, a makeup artist or you're just like a beauty junkie, um, you want to simplify your entire life and your routine um, because there are other priorities that you may have. And maybe that's getting your kids out the door, or maybe that's, you know, because you have to wake up at 
6am for a podcast. Like maybe that's because you just have other things going on. And that's the, that's the reality of the modern day woman today. You know, the modern day woman today, we are not just like, like, you know, sitting at home, we have careers and we're busy and we just want to feel beautiful and feel confident without feeling like we have to spend an hour on our makeup in the morning. That's just, that's just real life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's one thing to physically identify a gap in the market, which you obviously did, but very few people actually identify the gap and then decide, okay, I can and will fill this gap. It's another skill set entirely. Was there a specific moment when you, your mum and your sister actually sat down and thought, okay, we need to develop our own brand? So actually, um, it was on an airplane. Um, We were coming back from a, we had a family wedding um, in Florida and we were on the plane. And obviously when you go to events, when you have a wedding, when you have any type of, any type of event where you have to get ready, you know, you're putting on your makeup, you talk about beauty. And I remember that weekend we were so passionate because we were kind of like, I remember even at the time we had just had some lab samples of products and we were just using other products as well. And we're like, wait a second, like, there's nothing on the market for like, there's nothing on the market currently um, that is, you know, easy to use, multitasking, speaks to the modern day woman today. That's shades of neutral that just make you feel good and confident and, you know, it's compact, it's portable, it's eco-friendly, it's vegan, it's all these things. And um, it was on the plane going back to Toronto where we actually sat down and we created like a really quick marketing deck. We kind of wrote out like what we wanted from this, this, this brand, this product, we named it. Um, and it was just kind of like this three hour flight of just like instant, just like, you know, when you just have those moments when you're just so inspired and passionate, you're like, we need to write this down now because like, we're so, we have like this adrenaline rush going through us. Um, and then it was kind of from there that obviously my sister and I were in high school at the time. So we couldn't just like drop out of high school. (laughs) Um, but my mom, you know, she was able to kind of meet with different manufacturers and get lab samples in. And I remember we would meet at the kitchen table and we'd kind of go through all these samples. And it was my mom who actually pitched the brand initially to a retailer in the UK. And, um, it was a small apothecary retailer. And she was like, I just have lab samples, but this is our brand. This is our story. This is our messaging. What do you think? And um, this is going back six years ago. And she was like, I love it. You know, we need, you know, we, we love this millennial mindset. We love how young and we love how fresh it feels. Like we, we, I don't care. Like the products look beautiful. We just, we just want you. And then they provided us with a three month um, exclusivity in return for press. So they would events for us you know they would host press interviews we would travel to new york and la and we would kind of like meet with different media and influencers and editors and um once we started to get a lot of buzz and traction from that three-month exclusivity that's when we started to have other retailers approach us and say oh my god i saw this it's so cool it's so fresh we want to launch you um obviously the first thing we did as a brand was we launched an instagram account with our handle um but yeah and it was all kind of like you know a lot of organic marketing a lot of you know, we pushed a lot of our content through Instagram, through YouTube. Um, we worked with a lot of editors, a lot of media. It was kind of like this very organic growth. It wasn't up until probably like three, four, three, four years ago, even three years ago, where we started to realize, okay, wait a second, the industry is changing. Um, you know, we need to invest in, you know, digital marketing. We launched our own website. We started to work with paid influencers. Um, yeah. So, But to answer your question, I guess, like, how did we take that from like a concept to reality? It was really just, you know, I think sometimes when you overthink, I think ignorance was bliss in a way because we weren't necessarily thinking about, okay, like, you know, these are all of the failures that we can encounter along the way. It was like, all right, let's take it from like every little step and see where it takes us from getting product in to pitching it to retailers, to obviously building out our, you know, reaching out to a designer to like design our packaging all the way to just building our Instagram platform, gaining followers kind of in a very organic way. And back then it was like hashtagging, like following people, like it was like the most organic thing. And, um, and then we, you know, we had like kind of like a paid sampling program and we kind of just like developed different strategies along the way. And all of a sudden, like six years later, you know, and obviously there's so many different, you know, there's so many trial and error kind of events that happen. Um, but we kind of grew with social media in a way, and we grew with, 
the influencer community in a way. And, and we were kind of just, you know, very agile when we, as we launched and we just were really, because we were a smaller brand, we had the ability to try new things. Um, but yeah, does that answer your question? It absolutely does. How, how long did that process take from coming up with the concept through to the actual launch in 2014? So that was about six months. God, that's Um, a short lead time. Yeah. Yeah, it was about six months. Um, And it was from like, like, obviously, like, you know, the concept, right when we had this concept, I remember, like, I think a week later, my mom flew to, um, you know, uh, a trade show. And she came home with all of this products. And we had at the time, um, her name is Wanda, who is now our, um, you know, vice president of retail and she has been with my mom for a very long time and i remember we'd all sit at our kitchen table like 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 saying yes or saying no to different shades and um after that it was kind of like okay like we need to go to production we got our design my mom had a previous relationship you know with a designer and we kind of just went from there and we felt the thing about you know launching a brand is like we had a very clear vision um, you know, we had a very clear idea of what our brand needed to look like with, because we spent the two years before that really like, like, um, brainstorming and really, sure. um, you know, thinking about what, what, it, what this gap was and what this white space was. And then when we actually decided to launch, it was like, we already are so clear. We already have this clear path of what this brand needs to be and where it's going to go that, you know, creating the products you know, these beautiful products was just kind of like, okay, we know exactly what we want to do. We know what the marketing needs to be. We know what the packaging needs to be. Um, And that's why I think it it went so quickly. (laughs) Do you remember which specific products you launched with? Yes. So we launched, our first products were lip pencils. We Mm -hmm. launched with um, a cream formula, which was our OG. Um, We launched with our eye pencils. We launched with concealer. We had mascara. And I think that was it at the time. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, the perfect kind of starting point. That's your, that's a few bases covered there. Yeah. And everything was multitasking, right? So if it was a lip pencil, it was your lip liner, lip color, cheek blush. If it was an eyeshadow, it was your eyeshadow, eyeliner, eye primer. And then you have your mascara and your concealer. And for us, that kind of just kind of touched all your bases. Um, but yeah, those were for us what we felt like we needed first and foremost. Um, and, and, and lip in general is just such an amazing, like client acquisition product, um, you know, where it, it's really based on like color and like trying the formula, trying the product. And once someone loves like a lip from a certain, you know, brand, they're not as necessarily maybe loyal to a lipstick, but then if they love it, they're going to go and see what else the brand has to offer. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. The fact that you launched when you were, 17 and when your sister was 14 like it's it's awe inspiring I would imagine that the advantage of sitting at the helm of a brand that young is that you are so tapped in to what consumers want you basically are your own focus group I would love your take on that though because I imagine there would also be some challenges so what would you say were the advantages and the challenges that launching so young presented you with Yes. So first and foremost, um, being 14 and 17 years old, um, it's really hard to get executives or anyone to take you that seriously. Um, And I think we really had to, you know, act the part. And I think what was really important um, was being and feeling very confident in what we had to say. And our mom was very instrumental in that. And I think whether it's a mother, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a friend, whether it's a business partner, you know, having someone who can really like, you know, um, just say words of affirmation and like tell you that, you know, what you have to say is important and give you that confidence to speak up on what, um, to speak up on issues or, you know, whatever it may be that's important to you. And she just ensured that we were always aware that our voice mattered. And our voice was important and people want to listen to us. And once we had that confidence, it felt a lot 
more seamless and easier to walk into a room, whether it was an executive meeting, whether it was a media interview, whether it was with fellow, you know, colleagues or employees. And, you know, she really gave us that confidence to do that. And, um, you know, but at, at the end of the day, I think regardless of that, at the age of 14 and 17, like you're never completely confident. Like at 17 years old, like I was not nearly as confident as I am now. And I would even say like, I'm a completely different person, which is like such a typical thing to say. Um, but I would say like, you know, I've really been able to grow into more of a leadership position. Whereas at the age of 17, you know, you don't necessarily feel comfortable giving directions or even delegating to fellow colleagues or even employees that may be more experienced or older than you. Um, and that in itself, you know, can be a big hurdle um, because, you know, sometimes it prevents you from making certain decisions because you may feel that someone else knows more when in reality it's your brand and you need to feel confident in the fact that you know your brand better than anyone else. Well, I was going to ask if there were any lessons that your your mom taught you that you find you're still applying to your work now, but I guess confidence is kind of the overarching theme. Yeah, I would say confidence and definitely she has been able to teach me, um, you know, how to be a great leader. Um, I think, you know, what she's always kind of differentiated has been, you know, the difference between a leader and a boss, mm-hmm. you know, a boss tells you what to do and a leader inspires you on what to do. Um, and, you know, working really closely as a team and, you know, really, um, just in, in every aspect of the business, always leading, you know, with, good intention and and being authentic to ourselves and that's all we can ask for and that's all we can ask you know for our our team um and we're also you know to lead by also being very transparent with your team um is also you know very meaningful to us as a business um and then i would say another thing sorry i'm like going on a tangent here but no i love it we love a tangent this is the place for it amazing um, but I think she's just really taught me just the, the power of work ethic. Um, I think, you know, as young adults or as adolescents or as teens, you know, we're very, you know, caught, we're very worrisome of, you know, what are the next five years going to look like for me? Where does my, how does my career, you know, um, what's that timeline going to look like? You know, what university am I going to go to? And, you know, what am I, you know, what, what, what am I going to do after, what, after I graduate? And I think, you know, what she's taught me is firstly, experience is so meaningful. Having that experience in the workforce and the, and, and actually like, you know, traveling and meeting with, you know, different, um, you know, whether it's brand founders or executives or even customers. Um, and also just, just working so hard because at the end of the day, like I think anyone who's looking to become an entrepreneur, like it's, it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work day in, day out, nonstop. Um, And I think also accepting failures as learning experiences as well and not dwelling on those failures because that will just prevent you from moving forward. Um, So a bunch of things. God, there's so much in that. There's so many little quotes that I'm just like, oh, I'm going to pinch that. I'm going to pinch that. You mentioned that your first retailer was a store in the UK. And then from there, obviously, there was a bit of buzz. And that's when other people started coming to you. Sephora, like that's a big deal. For those unaware, Sephora don't just, you know, start knocking on the doors of brands saying we want to stock you. But that's essentially what happened. I would imagine that being picked up by Sephora so early on would require a bit of kind of quick growth on your end and obviously a higher demand for product. How did growing so quickly change the way that you were operating? Well, we went from our basement to a warehouse. Yeah, um, makes sense. We, yeah, so we had to kind of, you know, grow our facilities Um, we still had a pretty, very small office. I wouldn't even call it a warehouse. It was an office and we had boxes flooding everywhere. It was like, I I don't you can't really see the size of this room, but it was like the size of this room. Um, we had like, it was three of us, four of us. We had four employees at the time. Um, so it, it forced us to, you know, grow our facilities. It forced us to grow our team. Um, it forced us to, 
um, you know, invest in other areas of the business that were meaningful, whether that means like, you know, social paid marketing influencers, um, you know, from a traveling expense perspective, you know, we, you know, now had that opportunity to travel to different markets around the US, as well as Canada, you know, um, and then obviously, like eventually to Southeast Asia and Australia. Um, those were actually one of our first markets, actually Australia, along with like, you know, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Canada, and the US was one of our first markets. So it always has like a really close place to our hearts because, you know, Sephora Australia essentially grew with nude sticks, um, which is really special. And so, you know, it actually accelerated the growth so quickly because we had all of these Sephora's globally um, that were now like, okay, like we're launching you, you know, obviously from like a product perspective, we needed all of these quantities. Um, and then it also, um, you know, from a traveling perspective was definitely it consisted a lot of uh, time and obviously expense when it came to that. Um, but you know, such an exciting time because you're literally launching all of these markets for the first time and meeting with customers and meeting with media and head offices. And it's, it was a lot of fun. A large part of your role, as you've mentioned, is traveling to educate retailers and, you know, you've got Sephora, Australia, Europe, Southeast Asia, and so forth. Given that you are stocked globally now, have you noticed any major differences in the way that consumers from each of these different regions approaches beauty? Yeah, um, it's funny because there's definitely a lot of different trends in different parts of the world. Um, And from like, you know, you have, you know, Southeast Asia or even like China and Korea, um, South Korea, it's it's all about like skin, super glowy skin, super fresh skin. Um, you know, they love a good glow. Um, you go to kind of like Australia, the UK, um, Canada. I, I find that Canada and Australia are probably the most similar when it comes to makeup. You know, they love natural makeup. They love glowy makeup. I think you definitely have both ends of the spectrum, like which is similar to the US as well, where you have like you know, your girls that are very into natural, but then you also have, you know, your more glam, um, similar to even like your Mexico. But I think across the board, what we've realized and even traveling to regions like India and, you know, um, traveling to Southeast Asia and then, you know, Europe and the Middle East, the modern day woman, she wants the same thing. And regardless of the trend, she wants easy to use products and she wants makeup that looks and looks like her, but better. She wants products that just give her that confidence to look like the best version of herself. And it's interesting because I think everyone also like once they go on Instagram or even like sometimes on the news, you hear about how everyone is so different. And then you travel to all these countries and all these regions and we're all so similar. You know, the woman wants the same thing. And I think that was my biggest learning. Um, and what was really inspiring to me, because it doesn't matter if I was in my local city of Toronto and I would go to, you know, a woman in store and she would say, oh my God, I love nude sticks because, you know, I'm a mom, I have no time. And I just want to like draw on smudge. And I just like love how easy it is to use, but like, it makes me feel so good. And then you go to India and you're in like Delhi and they're like, oh my God, thank God nude sticks is launching. Cause like, I have no time and I'm so busy. I take public transit. I just want something that's like really quick. I can just draw on smudge. And I'm like, oh my God, like everyone says the same thing. And the nude sticks it's really the nude sticks customer, you know, who's just the same globally. And, and it's really cool. I love that. Yeah. You've had such a clear vision for the brand from the beginning, everything you've just said from the, the tones to the delivery system to, you know, who the nude sticks woman is, you've managed to stay so true to that and really maintain that authenticity. But is that ever difficult when you see other trends popping up in color and, you know, different sort of delivery systems and formulas? Do you ever feel that little temptation to perhaps stray from that kind of core system and palette? Yeah, I feel like we're always, you know, looking at new trends. We keep we're very in tune with everything from Instagram trends all the way to runway trends, all the way to just, you know, um, and anything that it really comes up on in the media. But for us, what we've been able to do, and I think that's why the nude sticks community is strong. And that's why we've been able to keep that authenticity for so long is like, even though there's a specific trend, we will make it nude sticks. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that we know so well. And like, I, I know we know who the customer, our customer is so well that, you know, it doesn't matter if aquamarine blue eyeshadow was trending, our customer just wouldn't wear it. And, and I think that's where brands, that's when you, that's how you create longevity. I think, I, I truly think as a brand, you know, when you know your customer, you know what products they want. And that's not to say that we're not going to have like a limited edition something or something that maybe sparks that's a little bit more trend focused or a little bit more color focused. But I think that, you know, if you're a really strong brand, you know, and you're a really authentic brand, you know who your customer is, you know, you continue to launch products that, you know, are meaningful to them. Um, but like, even from a foundation perspective, like even retailers would come like, are you going to launch full coverage? Are you going to launch full coverage? And we're like, but like our customer doesn't want full coverage. Like they want like skincare and they want skin to look like skin and something that's natural and light. And, um, you know, but I think what we'll continue to do, and I think you can't necessarily stop when it comes to this, cause there's just so many skin tones out there is like, we want to own the neutral category. We want to own the nude category. So we're continuing to work, you know, on, on expanding our shades and expanding our blushes and our bronzes and our glows and, you know, making sure that we have just like a beautiful assortment for like so many different skin tones. Um, I think that for us is where we really want to focus on because, you know, that's, that's a differentiator in itself because we know that other brands are going to launch the trends. We know that other brands are going to launch the colors, but where are people going to go for that every day, that everyday product? Um, it's nude sticks. <laughs> I mean, as your customer myself, no, I have no plans to put on full coverage in an aquamarine eye. So, <laughs> so there's that. So you're my, you're my, um, that's all I need. That's all I need. That's all the <laughs> that's I need. Let that guide product development for the entire brand for however long you need to. How does the product development process work for you? Are you constantly thinking about the next thing or are you working off consumer demand or a little bit of both? Yeah, so it's definitely a little bit of everything. Um, When we decide to launch a new product, if it's a completely new innovation, so for example, um, well, I mean, we just launched our concealer, our nude fix concealer. Um, this concealer was a labor of love. It took a few years to launch this concealer um, because we were really working so closely with the formulation to make sure that it was perfect. Um, and we developed it as a skincare infused concealer. For us, something like that, that's a completely new innovation can take up to two years to, mm-hmm. to launch because we're continuously perfecting it. It's a lot of trial and error. Um, and we're always making, trying to just improve the formulation. And obviously that's obviously from, a, from shades as well. So that, that can take up to two years. And, and most of the time, like we also, we also want to focus on products that we know are kind of like your everyday staples as well. We did have a previous concealer um, in the past, but um, because of just like innovation and formulas, you know, we decided to just relaunch a new concealer that we felt was really strong, um, a lot stronger than our our previous one. Um, And then when it comes to just like shade extensions, that can take from six to eight months. So that's more, so the formula is already done. You know, everything from like that that on that end is good. It's more so just like, okay, we want to expand shades and that with our manufacturer usually takes like, yeah, six to eight months. Um, So it depends. A lot of consumer feedback for sure. Mm -hmm. Across 2018 and 19, you launched collaborations with Mary Phillips and Hilary Duff respectively. Oh, my God, Hilary Duff, my... Lizzie McGuire, how did the collaborative process differ from your traditional product development process? And what would you say is the key to a successful collaboration? So with, um, so I'll start with Mary. Um, I love Mary. She's awesome. That was like super authentic. She was using our products prior. And, um, you know, the key to that was obviously ensuring that the, whoever, you know, you're collaborating with your creator is super involved in the process. Um, Mary, you know, she loved our nudies category. So that was like a no brainer. She was like, I just want to create my own shade in your nudies category. And she also said, you know, we, we would ask her, you know, what shade do you want to create? What um, collection, what category for her? It was all about bronze because when you think about her clients from like the Kardashians to the Jenners to, you know, Chrissy Teigen to Jennifer Lopez, like she's known for her like beautiful bronze, glam looks um and she wanted to create something that was kind of a combination of a blush and a bronzer because whenever she would use bronzer she always felt like she needed to add a lot more blush um just because the bronzer would look maybe muddy or too um 
or just too dull on the skin because it wasn't like very dimensional. It was more about adding sculpting than like actually like brightening the skin. Mm. Um, and I remember we were in LA, we met with her, we tried all these shades. We ensured that she was, you know, obviously had the final sign off of the product. Um, so that was obviously very successful because that was so authentic to Mary. And then even with Hillary, I remember, you know, she's actually an investor in the brand. And after she invested in the brand, she was like, you know what, like, I literally use her products every day. Like she's a mom. Um, and she just is also just super busy. And she's like, I use her products all the time. Like, use me. Like, I want to create a kit with nude sticks. And we're like, oh my God, like 100%. Like, yes, like we would love that. Um, literally all my dreams are coming true. Like at my childhood dreams <laughs> are coming to life. Um, and I remember she we went to her house in Beverly Hills. Um, you know, we sat down like super casually in her kitchen she brought all these different samples. We're like, we want to see what your favorite products are. Like, give us your favorite shades, your favorite products, whatever. She brought it from her, her uh, vanity, from her bathroom. She came with like a collection of like her favorite products and she kind of just like, you know, rolled them onto the table and we're just like swatching and playing. And we're like, oh my God, this would look really good in like a nudie. And like, this would look really good in like a lipstick or an eyeshadow. So um, that was kind of like, that was really fun. Actually, a, like a really cool creative session with her. And then from there, like she designed everything. Like she designed the pouch. She, you know, had the messaging. Um, she designed, like she essentially like curated the entire kit with all of the shades. So I think, you know, it's super important just to make sure that like they're super involved and, you know, because then it's easier for them to speak to because they genuinely love it and their community knows exactly who they are and like sometimes more than they know themselves, which is kind of scary, but um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's authentic. So that was kind of the process with, with them. That's so refreshing to hear that they were that involved. You'd think yeah. it would just be the norm, but unfortunately not always the case. No, not always. And I think when you, like, I think that's what differentiates our collaborations a lot and why we love doing them because the whole point and the whole fun of a collaboration is when they get to be involved. And that's also for them, like when the launch actually happens, they're so much more passionate about it and they're so much more engaged and willing to do and go above and beyond to support their product because it's something that they made. It's something that they worked on versus like, oh, here's a product that my name is on, but you know, so super important. A nude sticks point of difference that I do think it is important to touch on is the brand sustainability program. Nude sticks products come in reusable and recyclable tins and have done so since launch. Again, ahead of the curve, we talk a lot about sustainability now, but you were without a doubt one of the first brands globally to really be talking recycling back in 2014. In as much or as little detail as you like, can you talk me through why sustainability is and always has been so important to the brand and also the brand's Save a Tin sustainability program. I think that's really interesting. Yes, I would love that. Okay, so I'm a, at Nude 6 for big sustainability junkies. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're always trying to strive for perfection, but it's always, you know, a work in progress. Um, when we first launched Nude Sticks, this was actually my sister. I'm going to give my sister a little bit of the credit here. Um, at the age of 14, she was... I remember her writing letters to like our prime minister about like, you know, the environment and she was super involved. And I remember we went to a local retailer and we bought all of this product. And in a matter of maybe five minutes, every, all of the packaging was in the trash and the trash went from empty to full. And she looks at the trash and she, she said, okay, if we're actually going to launch a brand, can we please create a sustainable packaging system? Um, and that's what we decided to do. And, and me on the other hand, like I loved, you know, reusing, I mean, I love like just in general, like vintage shopping. I love, um, you know, sustainability in that way. And I loved actually reusing my, I don't know if you remember like the Altoids mints. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, I don't know if we had that specific brand, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, so they're kind of like these vintage looking like tin, like tins um, yeah. with mints inside. And um, I would always collect them and I'd reuse them for so many different things. And um, I love the kind of vintage feel of the tin. Um, and we also wanted to have this, like this, our product come in a, in a package that you can actually take with you on the go so that you can actually like reuse and that you can put all of your products inside and that you can reuse it for like jewelry and hair ties and bobby pins. And we realized that like, even us, like as 14 and 17 year olds, and even obviously now, even more so everyone's carrying around super tiny bags. Like even think of like the Jacquemus, like little tiny purse Micro and like, pouch. Micro pouch and like the fanny pouches and all of that. So we wanted to 
you know, ensure that your, your packaging and your tin was smaller than your smartphone because you can always take it with you on the go. Um, and then um, our tins are made out of a material called tin plate. So tin plate is actually one of the most recyclable materials there are because it's infinitely recyclable, um, similar to aluminum. Mm-hmm. And even the plastic and uh, the mirror inside is a recyclable plastic. Um, and yeah, so that was really the inspiration behind our tins. And then as of this year um, on Earth Day, we launched our Save a Tin program. And um, Save a Tin was kind of like this work in progress. We've actually been you know, working on it for over a year. And we wanted to give our customers the ability if they didn't have because we're, we're very lucky in Toronto, Canada, and I'm not sure like in Sydney or Melbourne, but we have really good recycling programs and we have really good, you know, um, just recycling, compost, all of that. But in other cities or maybe other towns, you know, they don't have that necessarily. So they're like, okay, I have all these tins. I've reused like 20 of them. What do I do with the tins that I just don't want to reuse and I just want to, you know, maybe throw away or recycle? So we designed a recycling program on newstix.com. You can shop on newstix.com or you could have gotten your tins from other retailers and you send your tins into um, to newstix. We send you a 100% compostable bag. You fill your tin, you fill your um, your bag and then you ship it back to us and then we recycle all your tins for you and you just feel good that all of your tins have been recycled. It's very similar to kind of like even the Nespresso program. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's that's that's our program and you were even launching um, a product going into this um, actually in a month, less than a month, um, which is skincare. And I'm very excited about it. And that whole line is sustainable packaging. So it's, you know, aluminum tubes. It's um, our um, actual package that it's coming in. It's going to be in a corn resin um, biodegradable package that's clear. Um, so yeah, we're really focused on sustainability with like all of our launches. So yeah, it's definitely important. It's very important to us. <laughs> it's incredible, honestly. You have sat at the helm of Nude Sticks for over six years now, which is just crazy. Over that time, what have been some of the biggest changes that you have seen within the beauty industry? Ooh, there's so many changes. It's um, a loaded question. <laughs> loaded question. I would say over the past, over the past few years other than you've seen like a really big shift into kind of like that natural makeup category you know that no makeup makeup less is more um I think that you're seeing a really big shift in just like the way consumers are buying products they're a lot more conscious of brands that they're purchasing into they're a lot more conscious of you know brand ethos and you know the how a brand conducts themselves Um, not just, you know, from a marketing perspective, but from a product perspective, from an internally, how brand, you know, conducts themselves. I think that, you know, there's so many brands out there that, you know, consumers are just becoming just very woke and picky, um, with where they're spending their money. Um, and I also, from just like a trend perspective, I think even you're seeing, even within the influencer community, two years ago, three years ago, like you go on YouTube and it's like like insane makeup. Like it's just full coverage and like one hour smoky eye tutorials that like, okay, like I, I just would never be able to recreate. Um, and now you're kind of seeing everyone just really speak to like skin and less is more and natural makeup and on the go. And like you said, sustainability, like it's this whole like minimalist trend, um, is kind of, you know, for me, what at least I'm seeing is like the biggest difference between like now and like two, three years ago. So, which I'm excited about because that's, that's so nude sticks, but it also just means that more brands are getting into that space. So it's just, okay, how do we speak to it in a, in a different way? And what changes do you think that we can expect to see over the coming few years? Oof. I would say, I would say that we're definitely from Newstick specifically or the same Up to you. Thing. However you want to answer it, I am okay with. Okay. Um, well, I'll start with Newstick. So over the next few years, you're going to see um, 
we're going to be focusing a lot more on just our core categories and really focusing on like what we do best at nude sticks, which is like complexion, our nudies, our blushes, our bronzes, our glows. We're going to be focusing a lot on skincare. Um, and we believe that skincare is going to really just, you know, elevate, you know, the brand. And I think, what you're seeing right now in beauty in general is that people are just a lot more focused on taking care of their skin. Um, people are a lot more focused on skincare, skin benefits, um, treating their skin. Um, and that could have been even accelerated because of COVID and really no one was putting on makeup and everyone was kind of really just focusing on self-care and treating themselves and treating their skin. Um, so you'll see a lot of that going into next year and the next few years. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of skin coming from the beauty industry as well. I think that from a retailer perspective, a lot of their animations, a lot of their trends, a lot of what they're seeing from brands is, all right, like this is what, you know, we need to do because I think consumers are again, going more so into that natural route and are also being more conscious with their skin. And I think, um, you know, we're all, Every, all, all, every brand, you know, based on those trends are, are going to get into that space. So yeah, it's going to be super competitive. It's going to be super exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> Healthy competition can be a very good thing. My does final, that answer your question? It does indeed. My final question and one that you have just sort of teased, what is next for Nude Sticks? What is next for Nude Sticks? So skincare is our mm -hmm. next biggest thing. Um, and I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be going live. What are you allowed to say? <laughs> well, um, we're launching skincare as of um, October 10th. So it'll be available on nudesticks.com, um, which I'm super excited about because we now ship to Australia, which is awesome. Um, and obviously you can get the line on at Sephora as well, but nude, nude skin, um, which is our skincare line will be exclusive to nudesticks.com for some time until 2021. Um, and that's kind of our next biggest thing. And we've worked with a, an amazing dermatologist based in LA to develop this line. It's a beautiful line of simple multitasking, vegan powered products, um, that are just super efficacious and, you know, perfect for sensitive skin types. Um, and then we have our concealer, which is launching um, on, in Australia at Sephora stores on the 15th and online on the 23rd. So that's what's, that's what's happening at Nude Sticks. That was Taylor Frankel, co-founder of Nude Sticks, which you can find on Instagram at Nude Sticks. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.